Hello there, and welcome back to episode number 28 of Inside the Vault, a Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Smith. And uh, as you know by now, podcast is brought to you by the Keep Pounding Podcast Network on Twitter at KPPounding underscore FSSN. And this podcast powered by the Fans First Sports Network on Twitter at Fans First SN. And if you could, please rate, review, subscribe to the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash tobacco radio. Well, my latest guest today here on Inside the Vault, he is sports director over at uh, NBC Greensboro, um, WX. I cannot do Roman numerals, John, so you have to forgive me on that one. I'm just going to say WX2. Our, our triad listeners probably know uh, that uh, Roman numeral. Uh, he's an Emmy Award-winning uh, sports director. Follow him on Twitter at TV. He is John Johnson. John, how's it going? I'm doing well, Ryan. Thanks for having me. It's WXII. It's two eyes, man. Two eyes. Uh, Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm not a number numerals guy. <laughs> I'm a Panthers guy. So that's right. You know. Okay. Uh, yeah. WX- Thanks for having me. I, I, yes, sir. All right. Um, so let's just start off. Uh, every person uh, that I kind of said, um, let's just recap in your eyes, the Panthers debacle of 2023. Uh, what did you see from the Panthers last season from your 4,000 foot view? Yeah. Uh, well, we can say that, you know, I was there every Sunday for every home game for the most part, except for one or two. Uh, I think what we saw was a football team that was in a little bit of disarray, especially on the offensive side. I think uh, we saw an offense that lacked an identity. We saw an offense that had a quarterback that wasn't ready to play in that situation behind an offensive line that wasn't as productive as that team had hoped it would be a team that really lacked a running game a team that lacked an explosive wide receiver. I know I'm saying a lot of negatives. Sure. Um, but we also did see a defense that was probably one of the better units in the entire National Football League. So, you know, while we saw Panthers team that um, struggled to score points, uh, seemed like there was some infighting in, in terms of management and coaching staff. Uh, we did see a unit on the defensive side of the ball that continues to be one of the better units you know in the national football league and something that this this organization can at least lean on um heading into this offseason as they try to you know pick up the pieces and you know turn around to what's what's been a bad couple seasons here yeah um what do you think going into this uh offseason um we'll get into more specifics obviously in a little bit yeah. what is the team's biggest need in your opinion what is the number one need for the panthers this offseason you know, I think a lot of people would like to see a, an explosive wide receiver, someone who can, you know, help Bryce Young out. But I personally think they need to address the offensive line first. Uh, I think addressing the offensive unit, whether it's, you know, kicking Iki Aquanu inside. I think we saw last year he struggled um, as, as one of the team's tackles. Icky might be better suited playing inside. If they can solidify the offensive line, especially at the tackles, you know, you really can't develop an, a, a quarterback you know, until he gets protection. Um, this was something that we saw relatively often throughout the football season was, you know, Bryce would get back to pass and, you know, midway through the year, it seemed like he was always looking for when he was going to get hit. Uh, he had happy feet in the pocket. He didn't seem sure of himself. Um, and then when he did have time, we saw flashes of what could be, uh, yeah. what, you know, the, the potential that I think a lot of people 
um, seeing him. And I, I'll be the first to admit, I'm still extremely high on Bryce Young as, as the player, the quarterback, and the leader. I think he's going to be a fine player. Um, but I think the Panthers are better served right now with our with the first major move is addressing the offensive line. You can't throw the football if you can't protect the football. And, and right now, I think that needs to be the first move. And then, you know, obviously we can always get into it a little bit later. But, you know, I'd look at potentially adding a wide receiver as well. Yeah, so um, the NFL recently just said on Friday that the uh, cap for this year uh, rises from two twenty four point eight million to two fifty five point four million, and that's got to help out the Panthers, especially when it comes to uh, their situations for guys such as Frank Luvu, uh, Brian Burns. Just how big is that for the Panthers? This cap unexpected jump. Well, I think it's huge for every team in the NFL, right? Like this is way more money than I think most teams expected. You know, to walk in. I think Washington currently owns the uh, largest amount of cap space in the NFL at over eighty million dollars. So that's there's going to be plenty to you know to kind of fly around this year. Um, for Carolina to keep two core people, and and I think we really can say that Brian Burns and Frankie Luvu are core pieces for this organization. They just so happen to be both on the same side of the of the ball in the defense. But as I mentioned to you earlier, the defense is so important for this team, and they've been so good. It, it, it's it's vital to keep you know players like that, players that are uh, people that you've developed. You've, rec- you know, for lack of a better word, like they do in college, you've recruited these guys, you scouted them, you studied them, you've developed them along the way, and they've become productive NFL players. So it's huge. But it also gives them an avenue, too, where, you know, they can add a veteran player to the offensive side. Um, you know, without that first round pick, you can get a little creative uh, using, you know, some of that salary cap flexibility, you know, to kind of fill out this roster. Yeah. Um, let's go through some of those free agent targets. We'll start with that and then we'll get to the draft. Um, and then we'll go back to the Panthers specifically on, on the guys on the roster already for free agent targets. Um, I'll name a few guys that I had on my list and then maybe you have some same guys. Maybe you have somebody that I'm not seeing. Um, some of the guys that, uh, I'm looking at for the Panthers to target, um, Noah Fant, tight end from Seattle, uh, someone who could come over and be an easy blanket for Bryce. Um, he's not Greg Olson, Panther fans. He's not. But he's dependable, uh, and he can catch the ball. Um, Darnell Mooney from Chicago, I think he's going to be out there. And I, and uh, he's a speedster. He's not DJ Moore either, Panther fans. But he is a good number three, number two receiver. Um, Damian Lewis, uh, offensive guard from Seattle. Um, Trent Brown, left tackle from the Patriots. Uh, he's been injured, but he's a big man, and he can block. Um, Mike Evans is the one we all know about, so I'll skip over him because we all know about him. The one that I saw on uh, our friend over at Catgrave, um, KJ Osborne from the Vikings. He is someone that I think would be a real steal if the Panthers can get him. Now, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, I haven't done enough research to back that up, but I, I feel like he would be someone who would be a very, very underrated signing for the Panthers. Um, who, who do you have uh, as some free agent targets to look up? Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that you brought up tight end right off the bat. I think, you know, a guy like Johnny Smith would be a nice little addition as well. Uh, the one thing I, I – that's one area that I think the Panthers probably need to look at seriously is the tight end position. You know, Hayden Hurst was hurt all season long, and who knows what you're actually going to get out of him, um, yeah. you know, this season. So that taking a look at, you know, the free agency, and there's going to be guys that are going to end up coming through or, or showing up that – um, you know, we're not 
privy to right now just because of cap I mean, roster flexibility. You know, there's teams that are significantly over the cap right now, even with the added, you know, salary cap bump that they're going to have to make some moves. I believe Tampa Bay is well over the salary cap currently at the moment. So there's going to be some guys on that roster that are going to hit free agency. Um, the Saints are as well, I think, too. Yeah, yeah, I think the Saints are close to like $30 million over the cap. So there's going to be some some teams and some, you know, some players they're going to hit. It's interesting. I also think Carolina really could use a running back. Uh, I think what we saw this year with their running back system uh, is there's too much of the exact same type of running back currently in that running back room. Uh, They don't really have a third down back, a big guy that's a bruiser that could pick you up that short yardage runs, those uh, a Devonta Foreman, who we just had. Yeah, interesting how that worked out. That they let him walk away, and that was exactly the key running back um, that they don't have anymore. Now there are going to be some big name running backs that are going to hit the free agent market. You know, we know that a Saquon Barkley is going to hit the market. Uh, there's going to be a, um, other running backs out there that uh, are going to become available. I don't know if Carolina is going to want to spend that kind of money. No. But it doesn't hurt to take a look at what that pool might be. Maybe an A.J. Dillon is the guy that they go out and grab because he's a big short yardage back um, that's going to be a free agent. It seems like a very uh, small move to make, but it's such a key piece to what they needed last year that they didn't have. That would be a nice little addition. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you go first this time. Uh, let's switch to the draft. What are some draft targets we are um, you are looking to on your eyes? You mentioned positions, but who are some players specifically that you would target um, in the first, you know, let's say uh, two picks, two, two rounds, two and three? That's that's something that I think we would be better able to answer after this week. And I and I and I bring that up because we're sitting in the NFL Combine at, currently at the moment, and it's interesting to see what Carolina is going to be looking for. Now, this is a very deep wide receiver class um, where I think Carolina could actually bypass going through free agency and maybe get an explosive splash wide receiver, you know, via, you know, the NFL draft. There are going to be names and guys out there that and there's going to be guys that are going to pop here in the combine. Um, But this is also a very deep offensive line class. And I think we've seen that up the top half of the draft, the kid out of Penn state is going to be one of the top guys that's going to go out. And it's unfortunate for Carolina in the situation where they don't have a first round pick, because I think that would be the ideal situation um, and the ideal player for this team. uh, If they were going to, uh, you know, make a pick. So I think we'd be better able to answer this or that question, maybe in a week or two, once we've had, significant film, significant combine results, um, and then went through the tape and kind of combed through to see exactly who's available um, when Carolina is on the clock. Because I also think there's, you know, Dan Morgan's got a chance to do some stuff here. You know, he walks into a situation where uh, I think he's going to get a little bit of freedom. Um, I think he's going to try to be a little creative. And I don't think this team is that far off if, you Mm -hmm. know, he can, you know, make a few moves. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, well, uh, for the fans who might want a few names out there, I'll just I'll give just a, a just a few. Um, I have a couple of draft crushes. I will say, if I may say so myself, uh, I've got uh, Troy Franklin, receiver from Oregon. He might be gone uh, by the time thirty three comes around. Uh, Graham Barton, offensive lineman from Duke, played center, can also play guard, and um, obviously Lad McConkey from Georgia, um, g- a good. Uh, third down threat and a speedster over the middle for Georgia. And, and then finally, uh, 
two guys that I think Panther fans will be familiar with from their father playing days, uh, Texas A&M receiver Moose Muhammad III and uh, defensive lineman Chris Jenkins uh, Jr. from Michigan. So a couple of former Panthers whose sons are now uh, up prospects for the NFL draft. So we'll certainly see where that takes us. Yeah, I think you hit up a good point, and you, and you and you bring up some good names of some guys that I think Panthers will be interested in. Lad McConkey was very good for Georgia. Um, I don't know if he's the uh, type of guy that's going to take a, take the top off uh, the defense. I think we, we saw last year was more so that the Panthers needed a wide receiver who could create some separation. I think that was the biggest um, issue that this team had, per se, when it was um, for Bryce Young. Yeah, right. it just guys weren't able to get open in, in certain situations. Um, so that's going to be the interesting thing is, is can they find a guy that's a good wide receiver, not just a runner, right? that can actually stretch the field and help them out? Like the kid out of Washington. Um, I'm terrible with his name. Odunze? Uh, uh, yeah. 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 Yep. A guy like him, probably not going to be available, but that's the type of guy you, you, you need. No, Roma Dunze is definitely going top 10, if not top seven. Uh, so he unfortunately will not be available for Carolina. Uh, let's go to the roster now. Players to re-sign, players to let go. Um, I'm not going to run down the 21 list of free agents. You can find that on Panthers.com or pretty much any website at this point. Um, but some of the names I think that stick out to me specifically, um, we'll start with, um, and I'll just kind of do it all at once and um, actually and give me your thoughts. Um, players that I think the Panthers should keep. We obviously know Brian Burns. We know Frankie Louvre. We got those. I'm talking, let's go guys that we may not be talking about as much. Um, I think someone like, uh, Yitor Gross Matos, I think if you bring him back on a relatively cheap deal, I think he's a good depth piece for this team. Um, Troy Hill played spectacularly last year. He's a little older, yes, but with JC and Dante's injury histories, you can never have too many good corners, uh, I believe, on this roster. Um, Livishka Chanel is an interesting one. I think people might just say, oh, let him go. But, you know, the guy I, I think can really – Canales is the type of coach that I can see that can kind of move him around and actually – yes, he's not um, he's not going to be an every-down receiver. We get that. But someone who can be that gadget guy that we finally might be able to see that we didn't get to see last year. And then on the other side, a couple of guys that I think just need to – go um unfortunately just not a good fit here in carolina cj henderson uh not a good fit uh, unfortunately with that trade that it cost us um a third round pick um dj shark he had he was i, I call him jekyll and hyde he was very uh hot mode cold you know you know very uh up and down this season uh deshaun williams was a player i really liked uh, uh, but unfortunately i just don't think he um lived up to i think what the panthers brought him here for um and then finally, I'll just leave you with this one. I, this one, I'm kind of, I'm kind of confused. Why? This is the million dollar question. Why wasn't Jeremy Chin used more? Well, the problem, and I think we ran into this, and I, I think what we saw a lot of with certain defensive players was the injuries. I think Jeremy was a little banged up. Uh, we know he missed some time to begin with. Um, I think he's a core piece. I don't think he was always used properly. Um, I find Jeremy Chin to be a fascinating football player. I love the way that you can stick him in the box. Um, And he's kind of that new age um, linebacker, defensive back, hybrid kind of player that a lot of these NFL teams are looking for. Um, And if he were to hit the open market, 
I think he's going to find a, a job relatively quickly. Uh, yeah. I, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see if he, when he's healthy, what Jiro Evero can do with him next year, how they try to use him a little bit more. Um, because he's a guy that I would keep. And he's a guy that I think is part of the core of, uh, of this defensive unit, because I, I find him to be a fascinating football player because he's not afraid to stick his nose in. He's not afraid to make a tackle. No. And those are guys that are really hard to find that can play inside the box, but you can also have him play a little bit of coverage because of his capabilities to play um, some coverage. Now, you brought up two guys, two wide receivers that I think um, I was extremely impressed with Chenault during training camp this year. Uh, we were in um, – Spartanburg uh, a few times with the Panthers during training camp. And I really liked what he could do. I also don't think he was used to his proper capabilities last year. And I think you brought it up and you, you bring up a great point. I think he's more of a gadget type player where you can line him up in the backfield, kind of like a Cordell Patterson type situation with him. That's and, that, yeah. and that's yeah. probably how I would use him. And I really want to see what Canales does with him if he sees him that way, because, you know, I, I'm probably, I'm not the only reporter that, uh, that thought that or thought this and saw this when he was playing, you know, on Sundays was, I really like him in that position. And I really think he could be um, a cool tool to use on a good offense. The right. problem is the Panthers weren't a good offense last year. So <laughs> yeah. Things like that That's right. But yeah. I think I, I really like him. Um, and Gross Matos, I'm really a big fan of his as well. Uh, I thought he really came on towards the end of the season. I really liked his development. I thought he flashed at times during uh, camp. I thought he flashed at times during the regular season. I think he's a guy that's at minimum a depth piece for you, but he's most certainly a serviceable rotational guy um, on, on your lineup or in your lineup. And I like DJ Shark. I, I really do. I think he's a good young man. Well, I like I like him too. I, I just didn't think the fit was – he was too hot and cold for me. And I and I I wondered. There's so many levels to what went wrong with that Panthers offense this year. There's yeah. so many levels of what went wrong, where you know the way that people were used. That I almost wonder if he's not better suited to come back next year, be under, albeit a new system, but be around some familiar faces, and see if you can't just build his confidence because I think there's talent there. All I got to do is look back at the Packers film. Yeah. Uh, and I was just going through some footage of the Packers game, you know, earlier today. That's the type of player that we we saw at times. Mm-hmm. Is it, are we able to be consistent with it? Uh, and I'd like I'd kind of like to see what he can do. Yeah. Um, before we get into some uh, rapid fires and then uh, predictions a little bit later on and get you out of here, um, I just like now that we've hired uh, officially a coach and we've uh, now promoted Morgan to the gym manager position. I just want, like to get different people's perspectives on what they think. So Dave Canales, seventh head coach in Panthers history, developed Baker, uh, Mayfield, Gina Smith, uh, and even Russell Wilson for a time when he was in Seattle. And then Dan Morgan, assistant GM under Scott Furter, now the head man in Carolina. And then uh, we hired um, Brent Tillett from the Kansas City Chiefs as our new um, executive vice president of football operations. I think a very underrated move for the Panthers. Um, just what are your overall thoughts on these moves? Well, I'll talk about. I'll take the front office first. Um, I kind I really like what they've done. Uh, I had a chance to speak with Dan um, at his introductory press conference. I had a chance to speak with him one on one. 
this is an individual who already, you know, he understands the working of the organization because he was just there, but he understands the organization because he was part of the organization. (laughs) Right. Like he gets it. And speaking with him, he understands what it means to be a Panther, what it means to keep pounding, what it means to be a special type of football team, because he was on a special type of football team. And I, I asked him personally, you know, does he take this to heart and does he take this job personally? And he said, yes. And that should make Panthers fans feel good because he understands this organization probably better than anybody else that's currently there at the moment. Um, and, and he's got the background, started off in scouting, worked his way, worked in various different organizations, whether it was Buffalo, whether it was Seattle, and now here in Carolina. I really think he's going to do well. He's a football guy who cut his teeth. He didn't just become a football guy to be a – He to literally started at the bottom of the rung taking players to the airport in Seattle. Exactly. He cut his teeth, and he learned from some really good people. Uh, Brent Tillis is another guy that's had a lot of success in Kansas City. Uh, he's going to be a right-hand man that you can lean on. He's a salary cap guru type person. Obviously, in the salary cap era that we live in, that's vitally important. Um, so I really like the front office structure as long as David Tepper lets them do their jobs. Um, and that will always be the million-dollar question. Right. As for Dave Canales, I think this, the symmetry between him and Dan Morgan is great. They've worked together. They've kind of come up through the rings together. Um, Having the general manager and the head coach on the same page is really important in this league. The biggest question that I will have is, is he ready for this job? This is the biggest job that he's ever had. He's never been a head coach before at any level. He was only an offensive coordinator one year. So you're asking a guy who's been a position coach to take the step to be an offensive coordinator. And he did Perfectly fine with it last year in Tampa Bay. Yep. Now you're asking him one year later, can you lead an entire organization? That is going to be the big question is, can he handle that in addition to his play calling? I don't know if we have the answer for that yet. I was wildly impressed with him when I spoke with him. I think he has a plan in mind. I think he's connected with Dan together. But now it's a, now it's about the execution. And and that's going to be where we stand. I, and I'll give and one other thing. I'll give the Panthers credit here. They thought outside the box with the hire. This was not going to be a former head coach, a retread of a head coach, a long-standing offensive coordinator. No, they decided we were going to go young, energetic, someone who the players can connect with, someone who could buy in, who had a connection with the general manager, and someone we could grow with. Who has a background with working with quarterbacks, which yep. is, you know, probably the most important thing right now is working with the quarterback. So I have to give him credit there too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as we head into the off season, we touched on this a little bit, but I want you to have, want to give you uh, the floor to just give you your more specific thoughts. This is a very general open-ended question for you. The ideal off season for the Panthers looks like what? Wow. Addressing the offensive line by bringing in at least one offensive tackle, whether it's via the draft or free agency. And truthfully, I don't care which one it is. 
Sure. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think it matters. In fact, I probably would lean towards the draft, drafting the best available offensive tackle in the second round, a guy that you know that you can develop and have under a salary cap friendly contract for a couple of years. And then and I, adding to that is adding a playmaking wide receiver. Nothing against Adam Thielen, though he was terrific last year in his role. But they need someone else who can help spread the field. And finally, developing confidence between the head coach and your quarterback. Bryce Young needs to feel comfortable. Bryce Young needs to be able to take that next step. I want to be able to see this offseason that he has made the next step, taking that growth from year one to year two. That's the biggest jump in every year is year one to year two. This franchise goes as Bryce goes. And I feel like this offseason is so important for him, not because I don't think he has the talent, but it's so important for him because this team rides with him. And I think the organization needs to make sure that they put him in the best possible situation to succeed next season. What that looks like win-loss record, I don't know. But, <laughs> I, yeah. but that, shouldn't, that shouldn't really be the overall concern at the moment. It should be in year two, does Bryce Young look like the guy? Yep. And that's the most important thing. He has to look like the guy. So. Um, You've already kind of answered this question, but um, it sounds like when the Panthers are up on the clock, whatever uh, players are are off the clock is irrelevant at this point. Uh, the position that they should target with 33, uh, pick 33, it sounds like in your mind is offensive line. It sounds like is what I'm hearing today. I, I would take an offensive lineman unless there's some wide receiver that you had a first round top half of the draft grade that fell to your lap. But I personally think there's wide receivers class is deep enough where the Panthers can sit and take the best offensive lineman available at 33 and make that selection. Because I really think that's the biggest need. Um, Go a little bit more into uh, Bryce Young's off-season to-do list. You mentioned a little bit about developing his relationship with Canales. Um, and obviously that year one to year two growth for listeners, uh, for fans who may not know, you know, what that looks like, what does that look like? Well, there, Bryce has got to work on his footwork his footwork in the pocket sometimes gets a little lax. And what you'll see is there are times where he gets a little flat footed, tends to throw off his back foot, doesn't throw, you know, in rhythm. And I think part of that is just because he was able to get away with it in the, at the collegiate level. But here at the NFL level, it's a little bit different. You've got to be able to throw on time, in rhythm. He's got to be able to step up and climb in the pocket. I think there were a few times last year where he would just bail out on on situations when he didn't have to bail out on situations. And it's just a matter of getting inside that playbook. I'm not saying he didn't last year. sure. But what I'm saying is, but now with a new head coach, his job has become infinitely harder this offseason because now it is a new offense in your second year for technically your third head coach at this point, if you're going to talk about an interim coach in, in, you know, in between. So it's a matter of getting inside that playbook and trusting and developing, you know, a rhythm and confidence with the receivers. Now that's going to be a little bit harder. You got to kind of wait till training camp for that to kind of happen. But right now for Bryce, it really needs to be a focus on the footwork. I think there was too many times last year where his footwork let him down. 
people want to talk about his height and his size. That's nothing he can work on and do at this point in his life. He is what he is. And he's been darn good as a football player at that height his entire career. That is not the narrative because I think he can play at that level. What's going to be interesting is how they set the offense around that to help Bryce play. I also would like to see Bryce work on his under center development. He That's didn't what I'm a lot say. Of, yeah, he didn't do that a lot in college. Um, I think at times last year it was few and far between when that was in the system. I think that would be a benefit for not only him, but for Carolina as well. There's a difference between doing play action under center and play action in the shotgun. Play action under the center, you can really sell that and suck the linebackers up. It also give Bryce a little bit more time and a little more space to see over the top of the offensive line because you're going to get more of a run look from the defense instead of just a straight-up pass rush in his face. Um, so I think there's things where, in, in that regard, he can work on this offseason, getting some reps under center, and then obviously working on his footwork as he you know, goes through his pass reads and, and, and practices. Well, uh, as I said at the top here on Inside the Vault, my guest has uh, been John Johnson. He is um, sports director over at WXII, as I like to say, uh, <laughs> and uh, Emmy-nominated as well. Uh, or Emily award winning as well, I should say, not just Emmy nominated. Um, John, let's get you out of here with some uh, bold predictions, some um, guesses to uh, crystal balling, uh, if you will. So let's start with um, some more general ones that you may not know at this time, but just kind of basing what you know about the Panthers. Um, let's start with biggest improved player going into next season, someone who's currently on the roster, who's going to take that step in 2024? Bryce Young. Okay. No question. <laughs> I figured that would be going to be it. But Yeah, no um, question. I think he's going to have a good year. Yeah. Uh, biggest uh, free agent signing. If you don't want to give a name, that's okay. Um, but is it, you can s- still give a position. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you don't want to give a name, uh, what is going to be our impact signing in free agents? I would have said T. Higgins if he was uh, going to hit the market. But now he's been franchise tagged. I still think the biggest free agent addition will be a wide receiver. But you don't I, think it'll be Mike Evans? I don't know if you want to put that money in there. That's fair. I, That's fair. I, as much as I like Mike Evans, and I know this is supposed to be rapid fire, I probably wouldn't spend it. This is a podcast, so you can go on as long as you want. <laughs> yeah, most people tell me to stop talking after a while. Yeah. Um. Brian Burns, franchise tag or long-term deal? Or worst-case scenario, tag and trade? They get a deal done. Okay. Do you have any uh, inside sourcing on that? Is that just (laughs) No. Well, from what I'm hearing, I don't believe they will use the tag on him. Uh, Or if they do, it's going to be as an outside linebacker. But I think they're going to get a deal done. No, no information there. Just my own gut feeling. I've been saying it since last year. I've been saying it since last year. I mean, and I'll go off topic for just a second. Uh, You know, Stanley McGlover, his brother, uh, former Panther um, as well, you know, he's been pretty active telling people. I mean, it's it speaks volumes, I think, uh, for someone like Burns who stayed the course, was a good teammate last year, um, uh, always reported and didn't miss hardly any practices. And even after the season, when he had the chance to like, all right, I suffered through another losing season. I'm out of here. 
no, I mean, he still wants to come back. That's, that's loyal. So you got to repay that loyalty. Uh, and he is a model Panther. It's kind of lack for better words. He said it in the press conferences afterwards that were in the locker rooms afterwards. Um, when the season started, we asked, we were in Atlanta. I was in Atlanta and he was like, there's no way I was missing this. So that means something guys could sit out. He didn't sit out preseason either. No. Um, so I think he comes back. Yeah. Um, this one is a little bit of a, uh, you may not know this, um, coaching under Dave, not Dave Canales, but his staff under him, uh, big coach with the biggest impact, uh, this season. I think it's Jiro Evero. I think it's okay. Jiro Evero. I, okay. I still think this defensive unit is one of the best in the NFL. You can win with this unit. You can win games. Frankie Louvu, is he going to stay or is he going to go? He stays. Derek Brown, do we get a long-term deal done or will the cap not allow us to do that till next year? Hmm. I think they kick the can down the line to see where this team looks like next year. Um. I don't think it happens this offseason, but I'd like to see it happen. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Biggest bold prediction from John Johnson. Oh, man. Bryce Young has a Pro Bowl S season next year. And That's my bold prediction. Bryce you, Young okay. is, is, is going to have a really good season. I won't. Uh, it's too early for record predictions, so I'll just say: Does that mean the Panthers uh, are in contention for a wild card or a division, or does that mean um, just you're saying just regardless of what the record is, Bryce is going to have a Pro Bowl type season? Regardless of the record, yeah, I think he has a Pro Bowl type season next year. I I, I really believe that firmly. He's going to be really good next year. I, I don't know if the team will be right. I think it's, we're still there's still a lot of Things that need to be done. But it's not like this division's that hard. No. I mean, they could have kind of done it this year if they had taken care of business early in the season. So why not? And that's a good place to wrap it up uh, with Bryce Young uh, as a Pro Bowl prediction next year. Uh, as I said, my guest today has been John Johnson. Um, he is the Emmy-winning sports director over at WXII. John, thanks so much for coming on Inside the Vault, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me. And that'll wrap up this episode of Inside the Vault, episode number 28. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We will see you next time.